I'm Ryan Novak with Ryan Novak Farms in Pleasanton, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Glad you're joining us for another edition of Texas Ag Today. Hey, jump on in with me. Buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, the Biden administration is announcing a ban on Russian oil purchases. That adds to an already chaotic situation as we start getting the 2022 crop in the ground here in Texas. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. We've all heard the old saying, good things come to those who wait. But if you want to attend the Big Beef Conference coming up in Canadian next month, you might want to avoid waiting to get your tickets. I'm James Hunt, and I'll explain that on Texas Ag Today. The Texas Beef Council's annual report for 2021 is showing very positive results from its many programs funded by the Beef Checkoff. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have some of those findings on Texas Ag Today. As spring approaches here in Texas, dry weather is still a challenge for lots of farmers and ranchers. Hello, I'm Barry Mahler, and I have the story in today's report. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The Biden administration announced plans to ban the purchase of Russian oil, admitting it will cause fuel prices to rise even higher. This adds to an already uncertain spring as Texas farmers are putting crops in the ground right now. That according to Texas Congressman Jody Arrington. But look, we were we're experiencing disruption prior to the invasion with our supply chains and the bottlenecks at the ports. One of the reasons that we're seeing the inflationary effects on our inputs is because of the supply chain disruptions. I mean, there's labor shortage as well. There's massive government spending that is unnecessary. And I talked to a farmer today. The number one issue is that his fertilizer costs are over 300 percent year over year when he needs a part for his tractor or tire or even some of the chemicals, it's difficult and impossible to get in a timely way. So we're weathering a storm on that issue today. And I think the, the issue with Ukraine and what's happening in Eastern Europe is only exacerbating it. We caught up with Arrington at the recent Texas Ag Forum in Lubbock. The ongoing drought is getting worse here in Texas, and it's increasing the chance of wildfires. Despite some rainfall in parts of Texas over the last few weeks, drought has continued to expand and worsen across the Lone Star State. According to the Texas Water Development Board, 81% of Texas is now suffering from moderate or worse drought. It is the largest extent of drought this time of year since 2012, when drought levels hit 87%. Extreme drought now covers the majority of the Panhandle and areas in west and deep south Texas and a few counties along Red River. 
Drought has increased fire danger across parts of the state. According to the Texas A&M Forest Service, over the past seven days, state and local fire agencies responded to 149 wildfires that burned more than 7,800 acres. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. With fertilizer prices three times what they were last year, could this be a year to cut back sharply or maybe even eliminate fertilizer if you have the nutrients banked in your soil? Luke Etheridge, a regional agronomist for BASF in South and East Texas, says he hears farmers discussing that. But it's a very risky move. A lot of guys are thinking, you know, I've I've banked a lot of fertility over the last four or five years. I might be able to skip a year. You know, that's a slippery slope because if those prices don't come down, you know, two years of cutting or or not fertilizing with the bank that you have in your soil could get you in a real bind. And it's real hard to recover from those kind of situations. So while I think it might be a good idea, at the same time, I'm, I'm very cautious about that. Etheridge says farmers need to plan to be flexible with their crop protection plans this year, given the possible shortages of herbicides and pesticides. Tickets are going fast for the Hemp Hill County Beef Conference. James Hunt says you may not want to wait to get tickets if you want to attend. Hemp Hill County Extension Agent Andy Holloway says already more than 350 people have committed to attending the Beef Conference April 26th and 27th in Canadian. We've seen something, James, in our ticket purchasing that we've never had before. We're seeing people buy tickets in blocks, 6 to 10, 12 tickets, even up above that in one case. And coming off record attendance in 2021, it appears the time has come to limit things. Last year, we had 715 people for our conference. We had people, and I'm talking about beef cattle producers from 12 states, 48 Texas counties. And James, uh, we put a cap on it of 1,000 this year. We think we can accommodate 1,000 people, so that's where we're going to cut it off. So the obvious message here, buy your tickets soon if you want to attend. And Holloway says hotel space in Canadian is already getting tight, so take care of those reservations too. Of course, to generate so much interest, Holloway says there's a pretty full agenda. We're going to get deep in this conference into our beef cattle markets, into sustainability, into things that cow-calf producers can use in the way of technology to curb input costs and enhance revenue to hopefully uh, improve their net profit. And former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo will be the keynote speaker for the first day of the conference. We've asked him here to speak about how the geopolitics of all the world's events are going to affect beef cattle industry producers. Find out more by going online and using the search words Hemp Hill County Beef Conference. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. 2021 was a successful year for the beef checkoff. Tom Nicoletti checks in with one Texas rancher to look at the results of last year's checkoff efforts. My guest today is Pat McDowell. He is vice chairman of the Texas Beef Council Board of Directors. He also raises beef cattle and grain crops in Shamrock. Now, Pat, your operation is in the Texas Panhandle, but uh, today you're here to tell us more about uh, TBC's 2021 annual report on key state and national beef checkoff results. What are some of those positive findings? Tom, there's lots of positive findings. Uh, 2021 was a pretty tough year. It presented a lot of challenges, but it also generated a lot of opportunities and, and successes. One of the main programs that, you know, that 
the beef checkoff has done for many, many years is the retail promotions. And, you know, we handed out more than 275,000 beef coupons through 2021. That's a lot. That's touching a lot of people. We've touched consumers in many other ways. We do the BarberQuest TV show on Hulu. They had 620,000 hours that thing was viewed. And the show's not geared to the people who, you know, put in the $2 to the to the checkoff program, but it's geared to the consumers who buy beef. And that's what we all have to remember that we're, we're trying to do that. We have a tremendous program. It's a medical office outreach. We actually have medical professionals go and visit with other medical professionals in their offices and show them the, how good beef is and what it all it can do. We have a tremendous social media. The beef-loving Texans ads, they were viewed more than like 74 million times. That's kind of incomprehensible to a rancher out here, but 74 million times is a lot of people have been touched by this. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. As spring approaches, dry weather is still a challenge on the Texas rolling plains. Barry Mahler has an update from the Wichita Falls area. It seems most of the people I talk to are excited to move out of winter and towards spring more than usual this year. Let's face it, we've had some real winter weather across most of Texas. In fact, the last two major storms have disrupted things for quite a few people for a few days. And, well, that's really not been the norm over the last 10 years or so. Now, you combine that with the continuing stress of the COVID virus and supply challenges, and it's been a pretty unsettling time for lots of folks. Now, farmers across much of the state go into spring with a drought that is hanging on and it's actually growing in a west-to-east direction and will not only have a direct effect on the winter wheat crop, but spring planting decisions as well. One area that has already seen an impact is the stocker cattle that were not turned out on wheat pasture this year, or at least let's say we had a decrease in numbers. Now, that can interfere with the normal flow in the beef industry as it tends to get the trade out of its normal rhythm of taking cattle all the way from birth to processing. You know, a lot of stocker cattle weighing from 400 to 500 pounds are usually shipped from the traditional cow-calf regions across the country and uh, wintered on growing winter wheat across the rolling plains, and that stretches on down into the central Texas area. Now, this grazing offers high-protein feed to help grow the calf and prepare the rumen for good performance in the feedlot. It's usually less expensive gain than a grain ration in a feedlot, and it gives the wheat farmer an alternative market for the crop. It's been a, kind of a win-win for both sides. Now, with dry weather hampering the establishment of the crop and limiting growth of the pasture, it just isn't supporting the numbers it usually does. And those calves either have to be run on grass pastures that are dried out by winter weather and supplemented with additional feed or sent directly to the feedlot early, and that's expensive. So losing the resource of wheat pasture tends to increase cost on the cattle and take away income from the farmer, and that's not a winning situation for anyone. Now, supply shortages and increasing costs are ongoing challenges for spring planting decisions, with a lot of farmers prepping the best they can as they maintain a wait-and-see position due to the dry weather. The good news is that most of the markets remain stronger than they've seen in the last several years. So if we could just get a little relief from the drought, and maybe these inputs would loosen up just a tad, this spring things would improve in a hurry, and the wheels of agriculture would roll full speed once again. This is Barry Mahler reporting from along the Red River for Texas Ag Today. We have an update on land, water, and wildlife expeditions for youth. 
I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. And curing disease by turning on a calf's immune system can be very effective. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. Parenting is full of surprises. You never know what to expect. So after our son was born, I called my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent to set up a life insurance policy in case something happened to me. Sawyer is now two. And we'll soon have a sister. There's no one else I would trust with protecting my family. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com for an agent you can trust with life's most important decisions. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Curing disease by turning on a calf's immune system can be very effective. Dr. Bob Judd says a fellow veterinarian, Dr. Scott Nordstrom with Merck Animal Health, gave a recent talk on that subject. Dr. Nordstrom talked about calf immunity at the American Hereford Association's annual meeting last October. He indicated that the calf has an innate immune system almost from the moment of conception and recognizes foreign disease-producing organisms, although may not be able to respond to them initially by producing antibodies. Around the second trimester, the calf is starting to develop a specific acquired immune system, so it can develop cell-mediated immunity and eliminate the disease-producing organism. Of course, he mentions colostrum as the single most important thing for the immune system of the calf. Colostrum does pose some challenges as calves receiving antibodies from the colostrum, which is good, but these antibodies also bind with the antigens in subcutaneous vaccines and decrease the immune response. And antibodies in the colostrum wane at different levels as antibodies for bovine respiratory syncytial virus last only a short time, while antibodies for infectious bovine diarrhea can last six months. The importance of this is that the calf must continue to receive vaccine until the antibodies from the colostrum are no longer present. And this is one reason booster vaccines are required in young animals. This is another reason companies are continuing to research intranasal vaccines because when the vaccine touches the mucous membranes of the nose, IgA molecules are produced, whereas when you give the vaccine as an injectable, IgG is produced. IgA is not affected by the maternal antibodies in colostrum like the IgG antibodies are affected. So intranasal vaccines may be more effective in very young animals. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Youth expedition leaders are needed in Texas. Jessica Domel tells more about it in today's Wildlife Report. We have an update to a story that we brought you last week. Registration is still open for those Texans interested in becoming volunteer mentors for the Texas Wildlife Association's new program, Land, Water, and Wildlife Expeditions. Land, Water, and Wildlife Expeditions are designed to increase the number of youth ages 11 through 17 participating in educational, 
safe, and mentored outdoor experiences on private land. Mentors are needed to help guide these youth through their one- to three-day expeditions this summer. Chad Timmons, TWA's Conservation Education Specialist, joins us with more on the mentor training. They'll learn how to plan and deliver an expedition experience for youth and families. They'll also learn about recruiting landowners to conduct an expedition, how to recruit participants, whether they want to recruit their own or they would like TWA to help in recruiting participants and then also recruiting volunteers and natural resource experts. We're also going to have some guest speakers coming out to teach participants about things like social emotional learning, GIS applications, interpretive practices and techniques, and how to incorporate some citizen science applications like iNaturalist. The next mentor training is now scheduled for the weekend of April 30th and May 1st in Kyle. It was previously scheduled for March 12th and 13th. The deadline for volunteers to register for training is now April 23rd. And thanks to a new sponsor, the cost to attend the training is now $35. You can register on the Texas Wildlife Association's website, click on Program Areas, and then Youth Education. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. We've seen a lot of extremes in our grain and livestock markets over the last two weeks, so how did things look on Wednesday? Jessica will be back with a complete look at the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. As planting season begins across the country, the American Seed Trade Association reminds farmers to follow the basic steps for seed treatment stewardship. Follow directions on seed container labeling. Eliminate weeds in the field prior to planting. Minimize dust by using advanced seed flow lubricants. Be aware of honeybees and hives located near the field. Ensure that any spilled seeds are removed or covered by soil to protect wildlife and the environment. And remove all treated seed left in equipment. For more information, visit seed-treatment-guide.com or contact your seed dealer. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The U.S. Department of Agriculture released its monthly World Agricultural Supply and Demand Estimates Report Wednesday afternoon, which did impact the markets on Wednesday. USDA had a higher forecast for beef production and increased import-export forecasts from last month. Fed cattle prices were raised on firm packer demand and decreasing inventory. April live cattle down $1.47 to $137.57. June live cattle down $1.50 to $133.95. Analysts say that could be due to traders needing to see some more support to move higher. March feeder cattle up two cents to 154.05. August feeder cattle down 17 cents to 160.15. May feeder cattle down 37 cents to 165.92. Now let's check those livestock auctions. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Jody Fry and crew at Producers in Cargill, San Angelo sold cattle this last Thursday. Jody, 
walk the pins with us. Tell us how they sold. 1,220 head was the total today. Of course, a lot better numbers uh, than the week before when we had that weather-related uh, real slow sale last week. Compared with last week's sale, calling these better quality kids and yearlings, fully 2 to $4 higher. Slaughter cows, another 2 to $4 higher. Your average to thinner flesh cows were probably just trading about steady. A nice offering of bread cows and a handful of calf pairs, so fully steady but slightly higher. Better quality steers, four to 600 pounds from 140 up to a high of 210, mostly 150 to 170. Six to 800 pound better quality steers, 120, all the way up to a high of 175, mostly 135 to 155. Better quality heifer kids, four to 600 pounds from 125 up to a high of near 170, mostly 135 to 155. Slaughter cows average to high yielding from 62 to 78. Several of the highest yielding slaughter cows from 80 to 92. Thinner or lower yielding type cows, a few of those today from 35 to 55. Slaughter bulls average to high yielding from 80 to 95. Had some of those highest yielding slaughter bulls from 96 all the way up to $1.10. Bred cows and heavy bred two-year-olds average to better quality. Had a few groups of those young to good solid mouth heavy breads anywhere from 900 to a high of 1225. Cow-calf pairs, a few groups of baby tooth to solid mouth cows. Those pairs trading from 1,000 to a high of 1,500. What are you anticipating this next week, Jody? I guess the weather's nice. Uh, some more same on the sheep and goat sale. You know, that makes about 5,500 two weeks in a row on the sheep and goat sale. So I guess 5,000 or more. Uh, don't look for quite as many cattle uh, as this next week, but should have a pretty good run because nothing's changing on, on the weather. It's, it's still just as dry as can be out here. Tell everybody how to contact you, please. You bet. At the office at 325-653-3371. My mobile phone would be 234-7895. Neighbor, that's it for Walking the Pins. I'm Larry Marble. See you again tomorrow. April lean hogs down $1.77 to $101.15. May lean hogs down $0.82 cents to $107.40. March class three milk down seventeen cents to twenty two fifty two. April class three milk down forty one cents to twenty four fourteen a hundred weight. In Wednesday's report, USDA lowered the world ending stocks for cotton by one point seven million bales over last month, and they forecast world cotton consumption up slightly. Despite that, cotton did close lower Wednesday. May cotton down 50 points to 117.47. October cotton down 33 points to 105.11. March corn down 19 and a half to 7.35. May corn down 20 to 7.33. USDA's global wheat forecast is for higher production, decreased trade and consumption, and larger ending stocks. We still saw wheat close lower. Hard red wheat for March down 79 and three quarters to 11.06 and a quarter. May hard red wheat down 85 to 11.14 and a half. April natural gas closed down a penny at 4.51. May natural gas down a penny at 4.54. April crude oil down 14.78 to 108.92. May crude oil down 14.38 to 105.27. The Dow up 256 points to 33,388. The S&P 500 up 120 points to 4,290. The NASDAQ up 480 points to 13,279. That wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. Remember, we'll be right here next time to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Jessica Domel, and I hope to see you then. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.